Hello everybody, Paul Jancarella here from Speaking to Empower, and I wanted to bring you another episode. It's a podcast episode, if you haven't noticed, from Marketing Motivation. Now, my intro should not be 23 seconds, but I'm a banana, you know, and I want to just make everybody happy. And you can't do that. You can't make everybody happy. But you can make some people happy. So we'll see what happens on this episode. Okay. Live simply so others may simply live. That was a quote by Gandhi, uh, Mahatma Gandhi. And a couple ways to interpret it. You know, live simply, meaning live, have a simple life, so others may just, as a matter of fact, live, or it may mean live simply so others may simply live. Now, that's not making any sense at all, but my point that I'm trying to drive home is to be, uh, I don't want to say basic, and I don't want to say plain, But I don't know if I want to say ordinary either. And I don't think that's what it's referring to. But don't live maybe extravagantly. You know, if we lived a little bit less extravagantly, we'd have maybe more disposable income for those that need need to live. Or it can be a... It can be a a figurative message, you know, because we can live extravagantly in our minds and forget about the people beneath us. So I'll leave you with that to chew on, so to speak. As far as peace, I've talked to a few people, a few meaning I'm going to say three, because I know three offhand, that I've asked, what do you want? Or what do you want me to pray for as far as your intentions are concerned? And a reply was world peace. Uh, another reply I heard was peace in their lives. And a third reply I heard was having peace as far as the opposite of stress and anxiety in their particular lives. But peace must start from within ourselves. And once that's established, then, and only then, we can share it properly. And most people try to share peace when their inner peace is in turmoil. And that's not going to bode too well. So focus on ourselves because it's much easier to change ourselves than changing someone else because you and I both know We cannot, it's impossible to change someone else. We may be able to 
uh, bring out the best in other people, but that's a choice they have to make to change. And that's a choice we have to make to change, but we can do it much easier from our standpoint. Again, I'm starting to get a little, um, I don't want to say problematic, but, but um, sporadic, I should say. Darren Hardy, in his Darren Daily message today, he states, there's three ways to become immensely valuable. And he's speaking about lessons on facing different times from an from unexpected place. And he spoke about an olive tree and how olive tree and olive branch, how many times it was mentioned in the Bible, used in scripture verses, and expressed as a a symbolic sign of peace. And most entities have established that in countries and the United Nations they use an olive branch. The dove that Noah released at the end of the floods came back with an olive branch. That peace was starting to fall back to the earth. So we have that established. There are three lessons the olive tree gives all of us. The first one, the olive tree will not produce any fruit until it's subjected to both harsh and mild weather. Um, I don't know the, the word I'm looking for, but basically there's a need for it to experience harsh weather as well as mild weather. And with the two, it will be able to produce that fruit, which I did not realize. But isn't that our lives? We produce fruit with our best and worst circumstances that face us at times. The second lesson is once that fruit is produced, it needs to go through a process, if you will, to make it better or sweeter because apparently it's hard and bitter when initially it's uh, it's produced. And it needs to go through a grinding type process and a milling type process to make it sweeter and better tasting. And the third lesson is the olive itself produces the oil, which really is the most valuable. The olive itself may taste good and be uh, a good accompaniment on salads, (laughs) but what it produces is what makes things better, and that's the oil. And that is fascinating, because sometimes it's not us 
that are most valuable. It's the work in which we produce that is the most valuable. And I think you all can certainly relate to that. Um, we know people by their works, not so much by themselves. So those are the three lessons. But Darren Hardy cautions us not to begrudge the hard times, for they make us better. And I tend to agree with what he's saying. You know, we, we've weathered the storm. It's like, oh, we've gotten through it. We've finished the marathon. We've finished the race. Uh, we've finished the swim. Uh, we've finished our prospect calling, whatever it may be. And the storm can be just that, something that we are not in control of. So if you can control your inner storm, how much better will you be than finishing the, finishing the race through the storm and also having a storm raging inside of you? You know, that's like paddling with no oars when you have a raging storm inside of you. So remember that. Embrace the hard times. I tell you that so I don't have to. <laughs> if it was only that easy. But we all have to embrace uh, the hard times. And we all go through it no matter what stage we're in. There's problems at every level. But that should not keep us from growing and getting better and loving more. The insight of the day today, the future belongs to those who craft their skills and use them to help others. And I love that because I feel as though the future should belong to those people. Now, it's going to belong to people that craft their skills and help themselves advance, but they'll get weeded out. They may convert. They may reach the top of the mountain and realize, wow, there's nobody up here with me. Let me go down and help some people up so we can share in the joy. You know, think about that analogy. Matthew Kelly he asks us, do you know what your spiritual, do you know your spiritual desires? And when he asked that question, I'd have to say candidly, I didn't know. I don't know what my spiritual desires are. You know, I mean, go to church every day. Uh, I, I try to pray every day. I say try because sometimes I'm saying my prayers and not praying my prayers. I'm not focusing on that but I'm, I'm conscious of the fact of where my faults lie. And I spiritually desire to get to heaven, which would make me a saint, which most people don't realize. The only souls in heaven are saints. So, with that said, what are my initial spiritual desires? 
I, I, I really don't know candidly. And Matthew said, point blank, for all of us, it should be silence, simplicity, and solitude. Now, we all may have experienced one or two of the three, but all three together is really not that common. Some of you may have experienced that, but we need to experience the simplicity of silence and then from there solitude being one with ourselves and our maker because that's unity at its best and uh, bishop fulton sheen said the real test of a christian is not how much they love their friends but how much they love their enemies. And I think you guys could have finished that quote. Uh, but it's true. You know, we are very lovable to people we know, but how lovable are we to those, not only that we don't know, but those that we, we dislike or dislike us? You know, it's tough to put the hand up and wave. But if you put your thoughts aside and put positivity first and gratefulness, you'll realize it's not that difficult. And Brian Schutz says, do what you must and it will deplete you. But do what you love and it will energize you. And some of you folks may be struggling with that. How can I do what I love if I must do what I have to do? You know, and I guess it's a matter of looking at it as if I don't have to work, I'm not going to work very simply put, or if I have to work, I'm going to make sure what I'm doing I love, and I'm going to focus on the parts that I love, and if it's not that many, well, I'm going to gravitate eventually to a place that's going to fill my desires, and you know, I say nine times out of ten, figuratively speaking, but yeah, about 90% of the people that go to do their passions are doing it from an entrepreneurial level. You know, they're doing things on their own, which in and of itself gives you freedom and passion. And lastly... I'll wrap up with leadership. You know, it's not about what you do, but about what you can get others to do. That's a true leader. When people can lead themselves and others as a result of your 
um, actions. You know, that's that's pretty special. <laughs> the capital S. And that's uh, all she wrote for today, folks. I'm going to leave you with that. Uh, I plan on checking in with you tomorrow, Lord willing. And in the meantime, be well, stay well. We'll talk to you soon.